For sure. For sure. Man. Yeah, man. All right. So today. Today. I'm hopping off at quarter to two. So one, my time, one forty-five. So that's just under an hour from now. That's fine. Just under an hour from now. So we're gonna be, yeah. But we're this is throw, throw it all in. This, this is the shorter one. This is the shorter one. <laughs> out long ones like hour and a half so it's good to get yeah, a short like one casual now. <laughs> cool cool all right oh man so last week it was all on this matrix thing i flipping loved it yet again you know what I, i'm dude i am so busy i genuinely wanted to flip and do this you know what we're gonna do it today i wanted to read the demiurge thing i didn't read it I fucked up again. I've been busy, but you know what? I'm just going to do it here. Let's just go through it. Let's just go through it. So I've got the, literally I've got the page up right now. The history, mythology, worldview of Gnostic Christianity. Got it up. And I didn't know this was going to turn into a religious thing, but here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Um, so it's Greek, which I didn't know. Like, can you tell me a bit of um, this, like, what you know as I read through this and then I'll put my input once I've read up? Mm. So, I have a, a very sort of basic knowledge of all of this myself. Mm-hmm. But as far as I understand, the Gnostics were a group of, uh, you could say philosophers in a sense, who existed, you could call them in a way the early Christians. So they were really tapping into the essence of what Christianity is. And a lot of it is about raising and expanding one's consciousness in order to escape from the prison that has been created on this planet. Okay. So. And this prison, go on. Oh, no, no, I was literally going to talk about the prison, but you literally mm-hmm. started to talk about it. So go on, yeah. This this prison is... So to bring it back to the... Oh, oh no. Oh no, wait. I couldn't hear you. Hello? No! No! What, what happened? <laughs> I can't hear you is stop 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 you cut out for a little bit what's up can you hear me yeah give me give me give me a sec i think i know what's going on because the internet literally cut off and i couldn't hear you for like a, like a minute okay so give me a sec while i try and find out what's going on all right Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Oh my gosh. Technical difficulties. The first one. The first one. But yeah, okay. Continue. So yeah, yeah. I think so. Hopefully you don't okay. cut out again. Alright. So yeah, the prison. And so relating it to the matrix again. When Morpheus was speaking about the fact that 
matrix is something that you cannot see, smell, taste, touch. He says it's it's with you when you go to work or it's around you when you go to church, mm-hmm. uh, when you get something to eat, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And to break it down, the Gnostics essentially point out the fact that, or I say fact, they point out the suggestion that the human body itself is the prison and the brain is the prison. So when we spoke about hmm. metacortex, right, going beyond the brain hmm. in order to free oneself, we're saying that the, the body and the brain is the prison because it's limits, it, it limits us to certain things. The body says, well, okay, yeah, you can choose not to drink water if you want to, but then you're just going to fucking die. <laughs> so we are enslaved to our body. We are imprisoned by our body in the sense that we need to give it certain things. So just starting with the fundamentals, right? Water, food, and air. If we don't give it these things, it's going to be a certain consequence, a certain outcome for that. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, we have other ego needs, like egoic needs. For example, the need to be valued, the need to belong to a group, the need to be recognized and seen. You know, we have all of these egoic needs and Is we'll do e- some bullshit to get those needs met. Mm-hmm. You'll do some bullshit to get those needs met. But uh, uh, just, just, just to talk on that, is is it really uh-huh. e- egotistic to want those things? Uh, like I feel uh. like it, it's not really egoistic to want to be seen and heard and have your existence be acknowledged. Surely that's not um. I mean, I, the way you go about it can be egotistic, but. Is it really so egotistic to want to, you know, you know, have your existence acknowledged? See, here's here's the interesting thing. This word ego, we have a negative connotation around it. Hmm. And if something is said to be egotistical or egoic, it's automatically met with that, uh, you know, like that's negative. It's got a negative connotation attached. And really and truly, the ego just is. It's just the facts of life. Okay. And so, yes, it is egotistic, and I don't want to use the word egotistical, but it is an egoic need to be to be valued, you know, to be respected, to be understood. These are just things that our, our ego structure, our, our human part of ourselves, needs in this existence. The more infinite part of ourselves, the more what you might call spirit or soul, doesn't need those things, but the human does. Okay, okay. The human is the ego. I get you. I get you. That that okay. So, uh, my question is: Why is it that the mind and the soul has been placed into this prison, which is the body? Mm. <laughs> so now we're getting into to philosophy about what's the meaning of life. Like, why are we here in the first place? No, this is what these conversations are about, <laughs> man. <laughs> I was at a retreat over the weekend with a group of conscious people and I use that label loosely because it's just a group of people that Mm -hmm. you know we're on a similar wavelength in life we like to walk around barefoot and drink cacao you know we we have taken a certain path in our lives that's led us to each other and so over this the course of this weekend we went through multiple ceremonies and multiple gatherings 
where we came together to share what's going on, you know, within us. We worked through a lot of emotion. We released a lot of energy, a lot of emotion. And something that came up was how do I find my life's purpose? How do I know what it is? Why are we here in the first place? And there's a young brother there who he's a a yogi. A yogi? He's a yogi. Yeah. What's a yogi? For those who don't know what a yogi is. For those who don't know what a yogi is, a yogi is in very simple terms, someone who is engaged in the discipline of yoga. Oh, and I swear down. Okay. <laughs> indeed. And I'm not speaking about just the physical, you know, poses, asana. I'm speaking about the, the philosophical, spiritual well, explain elements that. of it. I, I explain that. How does yoga go into, instead of doing all these cow poses and cat poses, how does it go into the philosophical, philosophical you know, things? How, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not totally well-versed on yoga myself, but just to explain my understanding of it, mm-hmm. It is a discipline that allows one to observe the mind. So it allows you to observe the mind. Mm. And hmm. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that for now. It allows you to observe, observe the mind and well, observe this this thing that we call life. So it's it's one of those things where instead of the Western Wait, by the way, where did yoga come from? I'm guessing instead of just um, being a thing where you just do stretches and cow poses, it's more to do with you do these movements to try and tap into your mind to try and it's kind of a form of meditation. I'm guessing what you're trying exactly. to say. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. It can be a, a form of very deep meditation. And the, the poses are, so they, they are also connected to sacred geometry. Hmm which is how this reality is, is built up. It's built up of certain shapes. And by creating certain shapes in our space, even with our body, we can invite certain energies into our life. That makes, that makes sense. Uh, yoga, mm-hmm. yoga was actually made or can be traced back 5,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was first mentioned in ancient sacred texts. And... It's a part of one of the, oh, it was written in one of the four ancient sacred texts written in the Sanskrit. Huh. So this mm-hmm. thing, yoga goes way, way back. It's way back. It ain't no fucking soccer mums and yoga pants. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that is what it is. I'm not hating on that either because I'm like, if that helps them. Yeah, fair exactly. Enough. Exactly. Everyone you know? take what you want from yoga. Take, take what mm. you can to make your life better. Yeah. Yeah. But this shit is ancient. It's ancient. And it's, it's about connection. That connection between mind, body, and spirit. Hmm. Okay. So you met this yogi. Yeah. And it's a young brother. He's, he's 17. He's 17. But oh, his yeah, outlook young. is crazy. Yeah. So again, to bring it back to the Matrix, right? Hmm. There was that, that child in the Oracle house who was bending spoons. Oh, was that, that, was, was, that was the first one? Yeah, that was the first one. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. That was the first one. And... He's speaking to Neil about it. 
And I don't remember how the conversation went exactly. So I but think he was asking him. You, you got it. Um, I think what I can remember is he asked, like, he bent the spoon, and then Neil goes, "Uh, how did you do that?" And he goes, "Well, it's not that I'm exerting any force to bend the spoon. It's more like I became the spoon, or something like mm. that." Yeah. Hey, let me let me look this up real quick. And so it's like this up, it was dope. It was a dope fucking quote. I was like, it was it was shit. a nice quote. It was some it was something like that. But um, like I said, not not. Uh, quite he cool. said there is no spoon. He said, do not try to bend a spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Ah, yes, that's there is no spoon. So you're not bending your you're not bending the spoon at all. Or you're bending your like you said you're becoming the spoon. You're bending yourself. Yeah, you're bending your mind and your perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's realize yes, that it's not that you're spending the, bending the spoon. You have to realize that there is no spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so something that that came up that this that this this guy said when someone asked about the, the purpose of life and how to find one's purpose, he just gave him an answer, which, yeah, it's, all you can do with that is reflect. And if I remember the words correctly, it's kind of a blur. Like the weekend is a blur at this point. I tapped into <laughs> some different parts of myself, man to some deep parts of myself, I, I let go of a lot of shit. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, what he said to him was, he said, that's your decision. He said to him, that's your decision. If you saw the way that this guy began reflecting upon that, it, it was like, yeah. Wait, wait, what it was, was insane. What was the question? What was the question for that answer? The question was, how do I find what my purpose is in life? Oh, and the kid just said, just look at yourself. And he said to, he said to him, that's your decision. Oh, that's your decision. Yeah, dude, that's what I said before. Dude. That's literally what I said before. That is the meaning of life. Okay. If we're going to really get into this, because I've I've been thinking about that a lot and I came up with an understanding. So I'm going to try and explain it the best way I can in the way I Mm. thought about it. So imagine you are this very smart person. You are a philosopher. You're a scientist. You're very intelligent. You have tasked yourself with trying to figure out the meaning of life and to write this grand book about it. And this is going to be your your magnus opus, whatever that thing is. You know, this is going to be the big one, right? So you spend years, you know, researching and doing all of this and writing this book. And then you you write all of this stuff down. And in my head, I'm like... You, as this philosopher, as a scientist, you think that you have to do research in finding what the meaning of life is. But what you don't understand is you've wasted your life trying to figure out what the meaning of life is. What you don't realize is maybe in your research, the places you went, the people you talked to, the things you experienced, 
that was the meaning of life. You you chose that path and that path was the meaning you chose for yourself. The meaning of life is whatever you make of it. It's just to live. That's what it is. There is no... Let me, let me build on that one. Go on. Let me, let me build on that. Definitely. And to go further, did he actually then waste his life? Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. That's what I was going to get to. That's what I was going to get to. It was a thing where, hmm. what, like, like I said, it's it's the research that that scientist philosopher did. The people uh, they talked to, the places that they went, then ended up becoming the meaning of their life, which is something that they have to realize they need to write in a book because they chose the way that they were going to live. They were going to make their life a reason um, make their life the meaning of right and the meaning of life. It's like a mind fuck in itself. <laughs> it's like you don't need, like the end of that book needs to be, you don't actually need to go and find it. You just need to go and live it. And so reading this book was actually pretty worthless because you could have just, it, it, it's pretty much just a few words. <laughs> that's it. But it is what mm. you make of it. Mm. Yeah. There's literally eternity in every single moment. In every single moment. Mm. We don't, as a collective, we usually don't slow down enough to realize that and to realize how powerful that is. Because this thing that we call time, you can break it down into minutes, seconds, nanoseconds, milliseconds, and so on and so forth to the smallest unit. But even then, there's something within that. So it's like, what is that thing? It's, it's quite similar to breaking down an atom. And then the more you, you break it down, you'll just find smaller and smaller bits until you can't actually label a smaller bit anymore. What is that? And those things, those, what is that? We're capable of experiencing that every single moment. Right now, I can experience that. I'm tapped in. I'm just smiling. I'm like, oh shit, I am alive. <laughs> I'm going through this thing, through this experience right here. <laughs> Hundred man. I mean, what you said is quite true. If you even look at it from a mathematical point of view, if you go from zero to one, um, if you actually go deep into it, there's infinity between zero and one. There's an mm. infinite amount of numbers between the units zero and one. So if you take that in a second, that means between one zero seconds to one second to two seconds, there's infinite amounts of time so live in the moment live in the moment take a take a second to just live in the moment and just appreciate that you're alive like being alive is always precious that that's the reason why um everyone even the shitty people they're precious they're shitty fuck them but they're still precious because everything and everyone is precious. We're all, we're all kind of here out of luck kind of thing. So don't take it for granted. Don't be dreaming of this afterlife that you don't know about. It's the here and the now. That's what matters. Just live in the moment. Enjoy your ass. I don't believe I'm here by luck. Oh, I don't believe there's a single element of luck in my <laughs> existence. Not even a single one. I may not understand it fully from this this mind, from this brain that I'm walking around with at the moment. But there's not a single element of luck. 
So it, it was it was predetermined. It was preordained that you were supposed to be here. This was predestined. This was predetermined. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Everything was already I don't understand set in it as, motion. As Aaron. Yeah, it's already been written. This shit has already been written. Oh, 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 oh. Just like a character in a book. The character doesn't know what's going to happen to them, but the author does. The character doesn't know what's going to happen until it happens. So now we're going to go into free will now. We're going to go into free will because yes. this, this is, this is, yes. this is, this is the massive conversation that we oh, always have. Shit. Like when it comes to um, people who are, uh, what's the word? People that are atheists. There we go. When it come, goes between atheists and, and religious people, regardless of what religion you believe in, um, mostly it will be the fight between atheists, Christians, Muslims, or Jews. What it always comes down to is what is free will? Because it, the, the, the question is, okay, so you believe in a God? And the answer is, yes, I believe in a God. Uh, question, next question is, so you believe this God is all-powerful, alpha, omega, all-knowing, all-seeing, all of that jazz? Answer is, yes, I do. So if this God is all-seeing, all-powerful, all-everything, that means that everything that is going to happen and has happened, they already know. And the answer is, well, yeah. So that means your choices have already been written. And the answer is yes. So then you have no free will because you, because <laughs> if, if, if the God knows what you're going to do before you're going to do it, then you have no choice. That means everything is written, which means free will is bullshit. And here's my answer right, to that. And it's, it's my answer. The answer to that is if th- th- there is a God, right? If there is a God and this God is watching over us, I believe there is free will. Like you said, there's this author that is writing this book and we are all the characters and the protagonists of our own stories, right? And we have uh, an almost infinite multitude of choices that we can make. This God can see when we started, where we're going now and how we're going to end up. But we get to choose what path has been written down for us. We can choose to go down this path or we can go down this path. This path that God already knows about, right? They already know what's going to happen if you go down that path, but you have the choice to choose what path you go down. Hence why life is worth living and it's life. The meaning of life is how, what you make it because you choose where you're going to go. And then once you've gone down that path, well, enjoy the ride. You chose that, man. See you at the next fork, kind of thing. Mm, yeah, I resonate with that one. I resonate with that. So I, I definitely see we always have a choice. I, I genuinely believe that we always have a choice and we always have free will. Mm. And at the same time, it has already been written. Yes. So, yes. yeah, there are an infinite number of paths, but I can't walk George's path. Yeah. Because I'm not in George's program. I'm in Aaron's program. So I'm, I can do all of these other things. I can call myself Solar Prime. I can call myself all of these other names, <laughs> right? And that's just the freedom that I have as this character. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's I only have one destiny. I only have one destiny. Only? It's just I get to choose different scenes that lead to that. I get to choose the different scenes that lead to that. Ooh. I truly believe that my death... The moment of my death has already been marked. Oh yeah. I truly believe that. I believe that too. It's already been marked. All right. I just get to choose how I get there. Yes. 
I do believe that. So as well. I can go, I can glide, and I can ride, and I can flow with it, and in alignment, or I can get dragged there kicking and screaming. <laughs> but I'm going that way. No, that that you know, I do. I believe. can have fun with it, or I can go pissed off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and my idea of let's say a successful life, right, is not necessary to live until old age and see my kids and grandkids grow, grow old because you know people think, oh yeah, God keep me alive, God keep me safe, and uh, no. God's going to kill you If that's the story If you're supposed to die In this part of the story Then you're, you're going to die And people are like Oh yeah God keep me alive God is not saving you Because you are a human If if it was as simple as Oh yeah I, I can just pray to God and, and stay alive longer What about My cousin That I told you about What about my cousin Who died at age 8 Did she mm. not pray hard enough mm. my, my cousin who died at 30 Did he not pray hard enough Yeah It's not about that It's about That was their path And that was their time so my idea of what I might call a, a quote-unquote successful life is when that moment comes, that I kind of laugh inside and say to myself, Oh, not again. No, no. <laughs> At the best part. Oh, no. Why? Technical difficulties, this one. This is the technical difficulties podcast. What happened? Couldn't hear. Just bringing all those lessons and all those themes together. My brother, I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you. You got cut off. You got literally what, cut what, off. What was the last bit you caught? Oh, damn. Oh, it was getting to the good part. You were like, ah, oh, snap. You were like, so, oh, because I was trying to figure out what happened. So I kind of forgot where you were. But you were like, Oh, so what about your, what about your cousins? What about them? So, oh yeah. So you were like, so when I get to my part, I'm going to laugh and then it just <laughs> cut off and then it just cut off yeah. from there. So I was saying that I, I want to be in such, like, so in alignment that I just laugh when that moment comes because it, it neatly wraps together all the threads and the lessons and the themes from my life. To the point where I just understand, yes, this is exactly where and how I was meant to die. And I understand. Thank you for the lesson. I'm out. Take a bow. Exit stage left. <laughs> I like that. Oh, because <laughs> what I tell to people, um, I always tell them, I like, I like asking them this. And it's, um, what is the one guaranteed thing you know that's going to happen in your future? That's 100% going to happen. No matter what, like no matter what happens, this is the one guarantee that you know. You don't need to be no fortune teller to understand this. You know it's going to come. And that is your death. So if your death is happening, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. It's already written. You're going to die. You might as well have fun before you get there. You might as well enjoy life as much as you can before it comes around. Like you can literally die in the next five minutes and have no idea why but as long as you had fun before then then you know but the thing that i have to be a bit like mm, is when you said that there's only one destiny i feel like people have many i feel like you can choose i feel like you can like kind of what like, are we defining as destiny but th what did you define as destiny because you were like you only have one destiny and that everything's mm. gonna lead so it doesn't matter how much it branches out you're still gonna all go that back to that one destiny it's like goddamn mass effect 
It's like, it doesn't matter how many choices <laughs> you made in Mass Effect 1 or 2. In Mass Effect 3, you're only going to get those four beams of light. That's all you're going to get. And it's like, ah, oh, mm. no, the damn choices I made only comes down to four goddamn beams. It's like... So when I say destiny, I don't necessarily mean in a, in a human understanding of it. When I say destiny, I mean there is going to be a place and an understanding that I come to. So it's not necessarily that I'm going to die in a certain location at a certain time. I, I could die in, in multiple different places in a few different ways. Um, but what I'm saying is at the core, at the roots of that moment, wherever that, wherever and whenever that is, there's going to be an understanding that I was intended to come into. Oh, okay. And in order for, to come to the understanding, I needed to go through all of those things, whichever path that may have taken throughout that mm. lifetime. So I come to the understanding and it's like, yes, I see it. I get it. And I'm out. I get it. Okay. Mm. Oh, this is nice. You know what? We we love going on tangents, but I love it because it's so <laughs> necessary. So I'm reading on this Demiurge. So for a lot of people that don't know what the hell the Demiurge thing, if you were listening to the past podcast, uh, Aaron was nice enough to introduce me to the Gnostics. And in the Gnostics, they have this Demiurge dude. And apparently it is a false god that rules over the earth and is trying to act, act like the true god who sent Jesus down to save humankind. So apparently there was a true god that made everything. And then this fake god came in and is now trying to act like he's a big shot when he's not. And apparently he has loads of names. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of names that they call this guy. But he's a Greek, he's a Greek god. Oh no, it comes from the Greek word. I'm sorry, Greek word for, for demi, demiogos, which means craftsman. So... <sighs> That's, that's what I wanted mm. to get into, like, yes, this yes, fake yes. God situation, because that's where Whoa. you were tying into the Matrix and the whole, right. uh, we're living in a false world, and this world is not what it seems and stuff like that. Mm. So, coming up in, in Christianity, right? Mm. And again, these are things I didn't understand until after I left the church, basically. Um, but we learned that Satan is top villain, right? That's what we learn. Satan yeah. is top villain. We yeah. learn that, uh, I think there's a, a scripture that says Satan is the, the king or the prince of this earth, of this plane, right? Mm. Something like that. So it was like, oh yeah, you need to, in order to connect with God, you need to be able to see through the ways of the world. Mm -hmm. That's what they would say, right? Mm. And the more I sort of read into that, the more I began to connect Satan with the idea of the demiurge. So these, these two ideas, these two characters, forces, energies, whatever you want to call them, Satan and the demiurge appear to be very similar. Huh. And at the same time, the demiurge has a lot of parallels with the, the God of the Old Testament, the, the, the angry motherfucker, right? The, I'm, yeah. I'm finna kill all you, slay you motherfuckers and rape your daughter, you know, all, all of that stuff. Um, I don't quite know where I am with that yet. I'm just sort of you know, in those uh, crime shows where they've got the board and they're just putting strings from one picture to another. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I am in this process. So I, I don't have anything definitive to say. But what I will say is that 
just looking at it on another level and going back to our egoic needs, right? I've also realized that to some degree, we are our own Satan and we are our own demiurge. Mm. In the sense that a human's first job is to survive. Oh, yeah. You can't live a human life if you don't survive. So survival is, yeah, it's pretty important. Mm. At the same time, there are a lot of, let's say, forces in this world that have convinced us that we need a lot more to survive than we actually do. You know, we spoke about only needing air, water and food, and even food isn't necessarily as important as the first two. At the same time, we have this thing called society and social expectations, you know, social pressure, peer pressure. And if somebody were surviving and very happy, they could be living a very content, happy life out on the street because they, they like to live on the street. They like to interact with people on a daily basis. They don't pay any rent because they just, you know, and they live in, let's say they live in a warm place. So they literally just, just travel the streets. You know, they, they get enough to eat, they get enough to drink, they have fresh air. A lot of people would look down on that person and say, ah, oh, they're homeless. They say that person is homeless. So we have this label called homeless. And because of everything that is attached to it, most people don't want to be considered homeless or looked down upon as homeless. So then we put another thing onto our survival list which says, okay, I need to live in a home and not just any home. It needs to be of a certain standard so people don't think I'm a broke motherfucker. So then the, those thoughts, other people's thoughts also become something that we need, quote unquote, need to survive, right? We think that we need money to survive. We think that we need money to survive and to live. And especially the, the two of us having grown up in London, there's not a lot of, oh yeah, let's just live a, a natural life off the land. We don't really know that. We know mm. concrete. Yeah. We know we know concrete. That's what we know. Bricks, mortar. Yep, yep. And so your your location, your environment kind of determines the, the mind tricks that can be played on you. And these mind tricks can only be played on you through the body and through the mind. And so essentially this, this demi-urge whether it's a being, whether it's an energy, it affects all of us and how we approach our life. It affects our ability to really enjoy and tap into those moments of infinity that exist between you know, milliseconds, nanoseconds and between zero and one infinitely. So the Demiurge is basically the devil of the Gnostics? But, mm, or is it the, the, the villainous character? It's the, the, the villainous character, yeah. Okay. Because from what I read, just from the first paragraph, yeah. is that the Gnostic scriptures portray him as ignorant, malicious, and utterly inferior to the true God who sent Christ to earth to save humankind from the Demiurge's evil world. So it seems like, to me, just from reading that, it seems like the Demiurge was the devil that is messing shit up 
and Christ is here to whoop his ass kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of what I get from that as well, especially the way you read it. And I appreciate that you read that, uh, that particular sentence is that so a soul, right? A soul, that word is related to the Latin for sun, star, sol, soul, right? Oh, really? Ooh. Mm. And so, you know, and that, from that we get solar, you know, as in solar energy, solar power. The sun mm. is a, as a solar, uh, uh, I don't know the word is, but yeah, it's, it's something solar. <laughs> and <laughs> so the way I see a soul is a soul is in it's light it's a pure light being that projects somewhere is capable of projecting somewhere and if something can be projected it can also be captured the same way that you can capture light right you can capture light in a prism you know how we do that experiment back in school where you shine the white light into the prism and then it reflects or refracts the seven colors of the rainbow what word does prism sound like? Chicken? I don't know. You mean prison? You mean prison? <laughs> yeah. The word prism sounds like prison. And this is introducing another topic that I'd love to speak about at some point of, of word magic, right? Which is a whole thing. But prism sounds very similar word to prism. Magic. Word magic, fam. <laughs> That's why we cast spells. We cast spells in our spelling tests. Oh my gosh, you're gonna sound and like right in cursive. You're gonna sound like my mom talking about juju magic in a bit. Flip it out. We're gonna get into juju Bro, magic. Oh, indeed, there's a, there's a lot to that. I know. There's a lot to that. Boy, <laughs> man. But yeah, the prism, which is a, the the prison. So the <laughs> demiurge is, and again, this is just from my understanding created a prism prison in the form of earth plane or at least uh mm, let's say a a reproduction of earth plane and the only way one can live on earth is with a body that is able to to work with these elements right so in this case a human body so this soul this light is trapped in a human body and I say trapped because where, where are you going? You've been in this body for your whole life, right? And the thing is, some people are capable of astral projecting and moving outside of their body, right? But even still, their soul is tied to this body until its life is over. So until this, until Aaron's body expires, the soul is going to be bound to this body. Mm-hmm. And so what these, these Gnostics are saying now is that the aim is to eventually escape totally from this realm. Because even though, even when the soul has been freed from one body, you can be recycled. You can be recycled if you go to the light. And we, we always say, oh, when you die, just go to the light. That's where all your family members are. You're going to see them again. You'll be reunited, blah, blah, blah. We hear all of that, right? So what? Is, is coming up in, in these other types of philosophies is saying that that light is, it's like, it's almost like a moth going to light. You're going to get fried again. Your DNA is going to be restructured and you're going to be put into another body, reborn. You're going to be reborn into another body. And so that's what reincarnation is. 
And, you know, so some people can choose to incarnate and others are just reincarnating because they've been trapped by the demiurge and they're just going through lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And what the Gnostics are saying is that this human body is something that you must learn and understand so that eventually you can totally escape from this plane and move on to the next thing that is for you. So that's what the whole this concept about this earth being a, a school is. You're learning how to, or a prison, you're learning how to get out, you're learning how to escape. But you can't just run away. There's certain things that you need to come to an understanding of. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like Hinduism. Mm, see? Now we're drawing parallels between religions. Because, let's go. Let's what you got? What you got? Because that's literally what I swear that's I swear it's Hinduism, right? Where they don't believe in so so I I I, I might be wrong. This might be the wrong religion, but I swear it's Hinduism. Or is it Buddhism? Wait, which one is it? Is it Hinduism or Buddhism? But I know it's one of them where it's um they believe that when you die, it, there's like a karma thing. If you if you live and you have a good life, then you, how do I say? Okay, so imagine there's uh, a few circles, right? And you are in the middle circle, and if you live a good life. Uh, you get reincarnated again, but you get reincarnated in the outer circle. If you have a bad life, then you get reincarnated back into the middle circle. And the whole point of getting reincarnated is to actually keep doing good things. If you keep doing good things, then you get to actually break out of the um, reincarnation cycle to actually go to where you're supposed to go. Like the whole point of uh, living is to have so much good life that you can reincarnate. I mean, you can die and leave the reincarnation cycle so you can actually meet the true gods and go where you're supposed to actually go. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think it is Buddhism, right? Wait, I think check. it's Buddhism, yeah. Yeah. But Hinduism has something very similar going on as well. I've not read too much into Hinduism. That's coming up next. <laughs> I have the the Bhagavad is it the, the Bhagavad Gita? It's in my reading list. Huh. So I'm gonna be having to look at that very soon, man. Yeah. But generally, yeah, it's all about that coming from the inner circles. So the inner circles would be a more dense form of life, right? So for example, a rock compared to a human body, because a rock is a spirit as well. Mm. If we're talking about this as a simulation, a rock also has spirit energy. It may not be sentient in the way that we understand, but it still has energy. Uh, a plant um, is yeah. a higher form of life yeah, yeah. than the rock. An animal is a higher form of life than the plant, and we are a higher form of life than the the, the animals that are purely in their in their nature. And so, the way I understand it is because at the end of the day, what is good and evil, right? Mm. The way I understand what we call quote unquote good and what we call quote unquote evil is how attached are you to this reality, and it's in Hinduism and Buddhism, they speak about the concept of non-attachment. And it's not saying I don't care about any of these things going on, but it's just saying that I understand that once this life is through, this isn't going to matter much, you know, because I am more than this. So it's being able to release that dense form of life. So, you know, all, all the trauma that I've been through in this lifetime, all the, the, the times I've been abused or beaten up or cussed out, or whatever, I, if I'm still worried about that shit when I'm facing my moment of death, then 
I'm going to come back on that same form or maybe a, a lower form so I can learn that lesson. But when I can face that moment of death and say, okay, yeah, all of, this, all of this happened and it was painful and it was traumatic. And at the same time, what happens on earth stays on earth. Hmm. Hmm. See, t- oh, hmm. so the way I hear that is that Buddhism and Gnostics are pretty much the same thing. <laughs> if you go deep enough, every religion is talking about the same thing. Dude. It's just that as they go into their outer circles, they start branching off into, oh yeah, my God is this and your God Dude. is that. And you've got a hundred gods and we've only got one. It's like, no, you're Dude. all talking about the same fucking shit. Dude, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is for, this is for, you know, everyone. This is for everyone, man. It's like, and, and this everyone. is, and this is why I, uh, this is why I'm like, it's going to get sticky when we get into religion because people don't want <laughs> to hear that. People don't want to hear Especially the ones. Okay, I don't. Okay, I'm just gonna say this now. Jewish people, um, uh, Muslim people, and Christians, you guys are all praying to the same God. Literally, the same angel Gabriel is in all of your damn stories. Jesus is in all of your damn stories. It doesn't matter who came first. You are all praying to the same God, yet you are all beefing with each other. It makes no sense. It, it makes sense that it makes sense that there was probably this one religion that everyone prayed to, and then as human beings split off and as tribes got further away from each other and the distance became greater and they created their own nations, of course things are going to be changed and skewed depending on the certain location you're at and the certain language you have now picked up and you're doing. It's, it's, it's the same thing how the Greek gods and the Roman gods are the same gods, They're just different names. It's the same shit. All of you pray to the same things. And I don't understand why you all don't get along. Because <laughs> it's the same doctrine. That has to happen as well. That has to happen. That's, that's also a part of the process. There has to be that, that level of fracturing so that it can come together again at the end. And I feel as though death is the key in all of this and getting comfortable with the idea of it. Getting really comfortable with the idea of, with, with the power of death. And to bring that back to movies as well. Okay. <laughs> Marvel. I haven't even seen like most of the latest Marvel movies. I've been just just totally off that shit. But right now it's time to come back. I've got me some Disney Plus, so I'm gonna go sit down and do a marathon. Mate, I'm not but, gonna spoil anything for you, but Marvel has give me, give me the spoilers. I don't, I don't even care about spoilers out of anymore. The park, man. I'm all about the symbolism. Oh, we, we can lot. talk spoilers, man. We can talk spoilers, dude. There's a lot. Of I just wanted to speak on, on on Thanos real quick, right? Oh, here we go, big boy Thanos, because. Thanos, as far as I understand it, he is basically the personification of death and destruction. He is, I'm fin to fuck all this shit up, right? Well, actually, you, you explain what you think Thanos is, and then I'll yeah, explain what that, I that's, think that's, Thanos that's, is. That's my, that's my idea of Thanos. Mm. And again, that's, that's from not having even seen any of the, the movies properly that he's been in. Oh, but I don't want to spoil it for you because it gets so good. I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm gonna let you spoil it for me. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna finish up this thought. I'm gonna finish up this thought. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna invite you to spoil it for me. <laughs> Go on. Finish, <laughs> your finish your thought. But that Thanos, right? It just made me think of another word that I saw. I have a book called Thanatology, 
and it's about the African, like ancient African study of death, study of death. And there's a Greek god, a god in Greek mythology called Thanatos. And he's known as the god of death. And I was like, hold on, Thanatology, Thanatos, Thanos. I was like, there's, there's something in this. There's something in this. And about the, the power and the enlightenment that can come from facing death as it is and to change our perspective on it. But yeah, that's just a, a quick thought that I had. Please, please do your thing. Okay. So first of all, I'm actually, I can do this without actually spoiling any of it for you because I'm just going <laughs> to go from the comic book point of view. So I mm. think you are, you already know you're, I think you're definitely already on spot on with what you said. I don't know if that's what I think it was. Um, uh, I think Stanley, Stanley created Thanos, right? If I'm not mistaken, was it Stanley? Stanley made Thanos. Wait, let me Let's check. See. Let me check. The Stanley thing? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's make sure. So, from the comics, right? Uh, Thanos is this dude who I believe he lost. So, in the comics, Thanos is this dude who lost his entire civilization, like his whole planet, because they were taken taken too many resources and it destroyed his whole home world so um uh, actually i don't know if that's in the comics but anyway in the comics he actually is out to find death and marry death in the comics death is actually a, death is actually a woman that he wants to find and marry because he yeah. falls in love with death in the comics yeah yeah but that, to that fall in love with death. Yeah, 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 yeah. He actually wanted to yeah, marry yeah, yeah. death. Yeah, but this is not in the movies. Mm. So you were spot on with what you were talking about earlier with about all of that. I don't want to spoil it for you. I want you to watch it. So how do I say this without spoiling it? Thanos is about okay. So in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's not about, like. There's a reason. He he does destroy a lot, but there is a reason to it. Like there's a reason for his destruction. He he wants everything to be this is not a spoiler, is it? No. He wants everything to be balanced. He wants the world, the universe to be balanced. So he's going he's destroying things because he's like, why do you not care? At the end of the day, this doesn't matter because in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to balance out the universe. So everything I've destroyed doesn't matter anyway. And that's, that's pretty much, pretty much where he was coming from. Like he's, he, hmm. he's doing this for the betterment of everything. But the way he's going about it is just way kind of thing. But I don't want to spoil it. Cause I, you, it really is good when you watch it. Hmm. That's definitely the vibe that I get. It's that it's, that it's not just like wanton destruction for its own sake, mm. but it's for the, the the higher good. And that reminds me of the goddess Kali from is, it, is she from the Hindu the Hindu pantheon? I, I believe. Know. Yeah, I just I just sent you a link. Oh, okay. Here we go. Links galore. But yeah, Kali is also like she's a killer. 
she's a killer. She's literally taking heads. <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> yeah. Actually has heads, yeah. Yeah. And this is all about destroying illusion. Destroying illusions. And Jesus, something that the demiurge creates is illusion. Dude, her necklace is actually heads. That's yeah. mad. <laughs> yeah. Kylie wow. is a, a bad motherfucker. By the way, what is up with Hindus having mad arms and legs? Like, Jesus. Wow. Oh, get, get into the symbolism. Get into the symbolism of it and it will start to make a bit more sense. Definitely. Jeez. But yeah, get get into the Marvel movies. Even the TV mm-hmm. series are just knocking out of the park. Man. Yeah, I see Loki just dropped as well. Dude, Loki is so good and the music is so good. Oh, gosh. Mm. Can't wait for the next episode. Man. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that leads us at a good point to, to take a break. Yeah. I want to jump on more this uh, yeah. next one though. Because this is this is fire. There's depth to this. Yeah. I mean, this is oh, this the way that all of these podcasts are just <laughs> like, you know, like connected and just you know, shifting into each other. It's just, everything is just nice. I like it. Mm. But uh, when we get into religion, I know it's going to get sticky. It's going to get sticky-wicky. 100%. It's because of, you know, the the things that we identify with and we we take them very seriously because there are certain things that if all of a sudden they, they weren't true or... It's it's deeper than what we've understood. Whole world's way. It can literally shake our whole image. Yeah, our yeah. whole self image. Literally. <laughs> I know. Yeah, man. I know. That's why we mm. have to be not not have to be, but be mindful of how words do. Like, oh, uh, it it it's basically how, especially uh, just 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 for what I'm gonna say last, especially with Christianity, how. There are a lot of, like, people literally go into Christianity to find salvation. Like, I heard somewhere Mm. someone said something very interesting, well, something very true, which is, don't rule people by fear. Rule people by faith. Because if you rule people by faith, they will do anything, literally anything you ask of them, they will do it. Because they generally believe that they are doing it for the greater good. That's how you start mad wars and shit. Like, fear is nothing compared to faith. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in the Christian community, take advantage of that. And people who are just trying to find themselves, trying to understand what's going on with them and the world they live in, and they just get taken advantage of. And it's just kind of spun out of control. And that's that's what I'm going to go into a bit more depth in the... Uh, later one but like you said people get um really they get really into it because they're like oh i find the place where i belong i find the place where i'm i'm something i i mean something to someone and this group of people and we all act the same and do the same thing and like you said when someone comes and shakes the faith of whatever their pastor's been preaching they do one or two things they either completely rage against you or the entire world just breaks the fuck down because it's like oh shit what the fuck have i been believing in all this time kind of thing so mm. yeah 
Um, uh, sticky situation to get into. Definitely. This, this human shit is a, it's a rough experience. But once you understand it at, at least a bit better, it's, it's the road to, to some kind of peace. Mm-hmm. It all lies in, in understanding and acceptance. It's accepting it as, as it is, not trying to change it necessarily without doing internal perspective shifting first. Yeah. And with that, come to the end. <laughs> this is a shorter one, but it's okay. Every now and again, we're going to have some short ones. Just just under, yeah, just under an hour. It's about, what, 50 minutes mm. or so? 50, 55 minutes? So... Yeah, that's the end of that. I like I like our conversations, man. There are certain things we both don't agree on, but it's just great how we can still agree on certain stuff and just go into stuff. It's it's so good. I love it. You cut so, out. You're cutting out for a bit. I don't hear you. Oh damn! See, that's what this is the technical. This is the technical difficulties podcast mixed with all I kinds of. I do not hear you. Oh, are you there? I'm is your here. Mic- Alive. <laughs> Alright, you're back. Alright, you're back. I got you. I got you. What is up with this podcast, man? This is the technical difficulties podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, okay, how are we gonna end this one, Aaron? I, I really love your final thought just there, man. It's uh, it wraps it up pretty nicely. And if I'm going to add anything, I would just say I invite all of us to to take the brave step and come to terms and accept the idea of death. Like not as an abstract concept, but as something that we will all actually face at some point. Because that's the that's the key. Once we are cooler with that, a lot of other things fall into place. Nice. And with that one, we're finished. All right, guys. We out. Peace.